the flowers. I fell asleep beneath the flowers. For a couple of hours. For a couple of hours. On a beautiful day. On a beautiful day. Daydreams, daydreams. I dream of you amid the flowers. I dream of you amid the flowers. For a couple of hours. For a couple of hours. Such a beautiful day. Such a beautiful day. Uh, it's a spy from behind my giant robot's eyes. I keep them happy 'cause I might fall out if he cries. Scared of heights, so I might pass out if he flies. Keep them all autopilot 'cause I can't drive. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. I am your host, Anna Rosen, and I'm so excited to be putting out this episode. I feel like it has been too long since I have put out a podcast, and I am here to change that, baby. So strap in, get ready. I talk with Sarah Fox and Elder on the Instagrams and the websites. I just love that name. It just feels so homey. Um, we talk so much about her tarot tea invention, and I love it so freaking much. And it was so interesting listening to her talk about how she thinks of what plants and different herbs to put into each tea that she handcrafts um, based on different tarot energies and it is the coolest freaking thing ever it's not only cool it's so delicious and it just has this spiritual aspect that is missing Um, sometimes in the everyday moment of things and I feel like these teas just kind of like pull you into the moment and really put you in your body it's just so Taurus I'm recording this intro and releasing this during Taurus season I feel like this is such a Taurus Empress episode of it just feels like ah when I drink this tea it's like communing with the plants that sounds like so cheesy but that's the way it feels I've been working in a garden center I think I just started when I had recorded this episode um and it's been a couple months now and it's been so rewarding and challenging and it feels like I've really grown through the experience especially the fact that it's during a pandemic and there's like a whole nother relationships like the dynamic of relationship with the public and people and then having this relationship with the earth and plants and it's been really interesting and cool and I learned so much um I love all of the garden advice that Sarah gives us. She is an amazing farmer and oh my god I love that. I aspire to that plant witchery. Um, If you guys haven't heard her first episode on the podcast definitely go back and check that out. I think I labeled it like badass plant witch which she totally is. So definitely don't miss that. Um, I'm going to try and get out episodes more frequently. I've just been working so much. Everybody wants to garden, which I fully support. And it can be so grounding during this time. 
So I really encourage you to do whatever you can if you have any space. Um, I think it's just a really beautiful medicine to what we all kind of need right now. So without any further ado, here is Sarah. All right, we're here. <laughs> Sarah is back, back again. Yay. Yay! Say hello in case everyone missed you on the last episode. Introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. My name is Sarah Schuster. I am an herbalist as well as an herb farmer. I live in Middle Tennessee, uh, about 30 minutes north of Nashville. I also do a podcast called Tending Seeds, which is about herbalism and homesteading. And I'm here to chat again with the lovely Anna Rosen. Yay! I'm so happy you're here. You're like the coolest plant witch. (laughs) thank you i'm so happy to be here so what have you been busy with lately making so i have been busily making lots of winter wellness tea for folks um i had kind of thought that we were at the end of the season and i was shifting over to a spring like season change seasonal allergy type of blend But now with everyone dealing with coronavirus, uh, I've had a lot more interest in fire cider, elderberry syrup, winter wellness tea, all those lovely things. And, but then on the flip side of that, the farm season is getting going here. So I have lots of little seedlings. They're actually (laughs) about three feet away from me right now in the room where we're recording this. And just starting to prep the land, getting areas ready to plant. Also, it is a great time of year to get outside if you're able to. If you have a yard or a park near you, there are tons of like spring medicinal herbs that are coming up everywhere. Like that what? are like very, yeah, so like super easy to identify and forage. They're edible, they're medicinal, so good for this time of year. So yeah, loving that. What herbs are they? So uh, right now, just in my yard, I have chickweed, purple dead nettle, stinging nettle, dandelion, cleavers. There's just like so much out there that you can find. What? Sorry. What do they do? Oh, so a lot of these are alternatives. Um, So if you think about just where we are in the season... For, you know, if we were to back up a few decades before we all had grocery stores that we could hop out to whenever we wanted, we would normally, this is the time of year where we'd be coming out of the cold of winter. We would have been eating a lot of like root vegetables and stuff all winter long. And we would be like really excited about these like first, you know, little bits of green starting to pop up. Totally. And and so these are a lot of plants that are designed to be um, we call them alternatives and herbalism. So they're like blood cleansers, tonics. They're also lymphagogues. So they get your lymphatic system moving. Basically just kind of your body is starting to wake up after, you know, after winter. 
And so they're just designed to help kind of like flush your system, get your body primed and ready for spring. They're very like fresh and, and bright herbs that you can eat. So I love to make uh, pesto from like chickweed and dandelion. So like the fresh young dandelion greens, they're not super bitter yet when they're pretty young. And the yellow head. Oh yeah. You can definitely eat that. And you so put I'll that pull in the, the flowers pesto? apart. You definitely can, or just like in a salad, if you have uh, violets growing in your yard, the leaves of that and the flowers of that are also edible. So there's so much stuff out there that you can get right now. And I feel like they're pretty easy to identify. So if you're new to foraging and you feel a little trepidatious about it, those are definitely some great like early plants to start focusing on first. Um, chickweed's like really easy to identify. It's very small and cute and it has little white flowers that they, chickweed actually has five petals, but each petal is very uh, deeply lobed and split. So it actually looks like 10 petals. And you'll also notice on chickweed along the stem of the plant, there's one single line of like white fuzz that runs up, up the stem. Mm -hmm. So that helps make it like really simple to identify. And so you can find uh, online, you can find like identification keys and pictures. And then it's always a good idea to look up if you're, you know, going to go look up a plant just to see, you know, are there any lookalikes, you know, especially things that are in season at the same time. Um, Cause you definitely want to always make, you know, a hundred percent sure of your plant identification before you harvest or eat something. Mm. Where are like good places to look for herbs besides like your backyard? Like, do you usually go down to like where there's water or there like a different variety there or like in a foresty area or like a farm farmy area? I, so right now this time of year, I love just like open meadowy grassy areas. You'll find a, a lot of the plants that I just mentioned, you'll be able to find um, in those as well. So if you have like a park near you and you know that that park doesn't spray, you know, chemicals on, on the grass there, you would probably be able to find quite a few of these growing in your park. Mm. And, and none of the plants that I just named are, you know, at risk or endangered. So they're not things that you need to be, you know, worried about over harvesting. Most people like a lot of people don't like dandelion. They work really hard to try to keep it out of their, their yards for some reason, even though it's this amazing like medicinal powerhouse. So you could probably like talk to your neighbor and say, hi, can I go dig up your dandelions for you? And they're probably going to look at you and wonder what's wrong with you. But Hey, go do it. Yeah, I noticed in the tea that you made for me, you put dandelion root, right? And it like really helped my sinuses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, dandelion is just so yummy. And so I know one of the tarot teas I made for you had a little bit of dandelion root because that was from the Wildwood Tarot. Mm. And I remember the image of that was like a really... Uh, it looked like autumn. And so I always think about dandelion root in autumn because that's when I like to dig those roots because that's when the roots have the highest concentration of inulin. What's and, inulin? Um, so inulin is a prebiotic. It's um, a non-digestible fiber. 
but you're I love non-digestible fiber (laughs) right I know let me let me calm down this sexy talk here (laughs) talk to me about cold potatoes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so it's a it's a non-digestible fiber but your body your gut biome needs it it's a food so we talk a lot about probiotics but prebiotics are also really necessary because that's basically what feeds your gut bacteria um, in order to like replicate the good kinds that you want to have in there. This is like a very unscientific definition. Um, but yeah, so I think it's it's important to look at having a balance of both the pre and the probiotics, which I think we're starting to see like more attention paid to that now. But yeah, so dandelion root contains inulin, that fiber that I was talking about. And it has has it all year long, but it's at a much, much higher percentage in the fall when you would go to dig the roots. So you can dig them in the spring as well, but they're just not going to have quite as high of a content for that. So if that's what you're aiming to get from the root, you would want to wait until the fall for that. But if you're just digging it for other medicinal qualities, you can dig it year round, basically. Mm, so interesting yeah my husband hates them he's like it's a weed and I'm like they're so pretty though what's wrong with you they're beautiful and I mean gosh talk about a powerhouse I mean every part of that plant can be you know eaten or you know has a medicinal use for us I mean not that I want to just always focus on plants in terms of you know what use they are um but just it's such a such a common plant and then it packs such a punch like medicinally for us so then when I see people freaking out about it being in their yard I'm like do you know how lucky you are (laughs) like totally I love that okay so what other ones are some of your favorites so I love violet Uh, is really a great plant and that actually grows year round you'll only really see the flowers normally around springtime and then maybe occasionally ones right yeah that little like that blue purple there are several kinds um that are pretty common and so depending on like your location uh so yeah sometimes they're kind of more bluish sometimes more purplish and they have that heart or like kidney shaped leaf and they're always like very low to the ground Mm-hmm. So the flowers um, are edible. So you can like candy those. I know with all your baking, like maybe you've done that. I don't know. Um, but so those are edible. They're really yummy. But the leaves are really what I go for. So you can have those raw. So you can put those in like salads or smoothies. You can also dry them for tea. Um they're really mucilaginous. And so if you're having like a sore throat, that's a plant that I would sometimes turn to at times like that, because that can be really, um, we talk about like the energetics of different plants, whether they're hot or cold, warm or dry, or sorry, dry or wet. So violet is really, um, it's damp and cooling. So if you're having like a hot, sore, inflamed throat, you know, some violet tea, like an infusion of that. That's going to be really, really great for you. I love that. Okay. We have to talk about the tarot teas that you make. Yes. So this all started with you, Anna. Oh my God. I'm honored. (laughs) So many ideas in this little brain of mine. 
<laughs> I know it's wonderful. So yeah. So Anna had reached out to me. We actually started the first tea I made for you was a tea for dream work. Yes. Because I remember when you and I first started talking, that was like, I mean, I know it's still part of what you do, but that was like a big focus for you at the time. I go through phases. (laughs) Girl, we all do. Um, I'm very Pluto dominant. (laughs) I am very, I mean, I, I have ADD and so my brain is just. Oh yeah. You are a Muay Thai fighter, champion, herbalist, (laughs) restaurant, (laughs) entrepreneur, everything. Yes. Yeah. I just need 10 projects at once. Yes, me too. So we started with the dream tea for you, and then mm-hmm. we had a sinus tea. Yes, and which then, saved my life. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad it's been so good for you. Yeah, I've got that in the shop now, uh, a spring, like, seasonal tea, just because we're hitting that time. And that's another, like, kind of weird thing. I don't want to talk about, like, coronavirus all day. It's just now suddenly people are getting seasonal allergies, and so they're getting that you know, sinus, you know, runny nose and itchy throat and stuff. And so everyone, you know, of course is very understandably, very sensitive to how they're feeling right now. And so I'm just like, no, like it's, it's allergies. Like it's okay. Um, Totally. But yeah. And then, so I had told Anna, oh, I can make a tea for anything. Anna took took that as a challenge. (laughs) So Anna sent me a photo of the Woodward card from the Wildwood Tarot, which has like, it's a lion, right? Yeah. Or it was like card. a cheetah, right? Okay. Or something. Yeah. A big cat. A big cat. <laughs> a wild cat. Right. And it's, yeah, it's a beautiful card, um, but the character on the card is holding a little cup and it looks like, it's like he's holding a little cup of tea. And so Anna sends me a picture of this card and goes, my next tea is I want you to figure out what is the tea that's in the cup because I want to be able to drink it. And so I was like, I got this. <laughs> I, was like, I okay. love it. So what did you put in it and why? Okay. So I did some research because I love tarot as well. And so the Woodward is not like a standard card from the Rider Waite. Um, but I can't remember if it was the eighth or the 11th card in, in the, in the wild wood. But so that, depending on the Rider Waite, depending it's on what 11. deck. It was 11. So strength, right? Well, strength and justice always. Because sometimes they're flipped. Between yeah, decks. but I think with the cat, it's supposed to be strength. Yeah, I think that's what we settled on because that was what prompted me to put the a little bit of dandelion root in there um, because of the connection to, to the lion. So, uh, yeah, so dandelion root's not something I would normally put into a tea because usually for roots, you want to do like a longer decoction of like 15 or 20 minutes to get like the most benefit from that herb but because of the specific card we were going for and like the energy and like of that card I was like well this has to have some dandelion in it so the main part of the tea though was linden nettle and hawthorn berry so hawthorn for me so like the overall feel of that card it was very 
it felt like autumn to me. Like if you were like, what season is this happening in? It felt like autumn. And so thinking about the ideas of strength and like the connection to the heart. So like Lyndon and Hawthornberry are both like very heart centered herbs in terms of like their normal correlation for like both for their physical attributes as well as what we would think for like emotional medicine as well. So that to me just like really made sense to go for those two herbs. And then also I wanted nettle just because to me, that's like pretty much one of the most strengthening herbs out there. It's so rich in minerals and just is so like nourishing and fortifying. So when I thought about like flipping through, you know, looking at my shelf of like all the herbs available, available to me, I'm like, if I feel like I need strength, like what would I pull on for myself physically? It would definitely be nettle. And then from there, so I always like to start with, with the teas, whether it's a tarot tea or something else, I like to start with kind of what I just said, which is sort of like the main like base of the tea and, and what's going to make that up as like a foundation for like the properties I'm looking for. And then I'll, then I'll start to like play around and add some other herbs as well to like balance out maybe the energetics of the tea and then also with an eye more towards like the flavor as well. So like Linden and Hawthorne Berry both have like very light, mild flavors. Nettle is a flavor that I love, but some folks aren't always like super into it. So I was like, all right, this tea needs some other things. So then we got into, I dehydrated some cinnamon apples for you. Ooh, those are so good. Yeah, so that to me, because again, we were going with like that fall theme for this tea. I think I I ordered it in the fall also. You're right. Yeah, you ordered it in October. I've got my Mm, notes in front of me. So perfect. Yeah, so you were just like right on point with like connect. I don't, what what for you? Like, were you just like really connected to that card at the time? Like what was going on for you with that? So when I first started like doing dream work, this Mm -hmm. lion came to me in my dream. Mm. And so I was working with this dream teacher and we were kind of working with the archetype of the lion as like a familiar. Oh, okay. And that card had like come up and it was sitting on my desk for a long time. And I was just like this. I need, I need the tea. I just need it. Like, as another way to kind of like steep myself in that energy. That's so amazing. I love that. Also, that's really funny because I, a few months ago with some friends, one of them led us through like a guided meditation and some trance work. And I also had an experience with a lion that has like stayed with me. Ooh, I love that. Mine was like a lion dog. It was like my pet. Like, I would like take it around and everybody like didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> like, why do you have this lion dog? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. But I love like, it. Go to the dog park and they're like, ma'am, you can't bring you can't bring that in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And it was this beautiful like red color. Oh wow. Which was should- so pretty. You are such an amazing artist. Have you done any art for this lion? Um, I feel like maybe I just thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. 
<laughs> I think I like I'm always like I always have so many ideas. Mm-hmm. I've been like thinking about drawing for so long, but it's just like been escaping me. But you made me such a beautiful fox. Oh, I did. That was so cute. I love it. I know. If I don't like keep it up like every day, I'm like, I haven't done it in years. But really, I like did it last month. You know what I mean? Maybe you need like a quarantine daily practice. I've seen so many artists like posting, you know, like daily videos and challenges and stuff and and really cool stuff. But Maybe there's you just like need... so many daily things that I want to do. <laughs> oh i so understand like i also want to write every day Mm -hmm. and then i want to like you know tend to my plants every day i want to bake every day i want to like clean a little something around my house every day i want to do a podcast every day I need to exercise every every day, like eat well every, it's like, it's just, yeah. I'm tired just hearing that. Right? There's like so many things, but I like love a routine. I mean, I think routine is helpful for sure. I know that, yeah, it definitely is for me. It's, It's helpful to have some routine, but I think it's also important to not feel like you have to fill this time with like productivity because it's such a- such an odd space we're in right now. Um, I agree. Like, you don't need to be cranking out the content. No, you need to do whatever works for you and take care of yourself. Because I thought like, about that. I was like, I turned to my husband and I was like, I could write a book. And he was like, what? And I was <laughs> like, maybe I'll just read a book. He was like, yeah, like, relax. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. yeah I no, think it's like when sure. we start, like, getting anxious, too. Like, I'm definitely one of those, like, manic creators. hmm So, like, the more moderate I am, I think the more, like, well my mental health is doing. Right. And when I really, like, go into that, like, creating, like, day in, day out, it's like, I remember my mom said once, like, I think you got swept away on a sea of pink and glitter. And it... <laughs> and like looking back like that definitely was what was happening like I don't know so I think it's a really normal response when if everything externally feels so out of control which I think for most of us right now with everything happening that's you know obviously like a really understandable place for us to be coming from that I think trying to set goals and make routines it's a way for us to try to grab onto some control. Like I can't, you know, I can't control everything happening outside of me. And the fact that there's like a pandemic and all of us are, are, you know, self quarantining and everything, but I can make this routine. I can have a checklist for my day of like all the things I feel like I should be accomplishing. But, you know, like, I think maybe this is a good chance for us to practice like sitting with our feelings and and dealing with some of them even though that's really uncomfortable and not what I necessarily want to do and I think having like maybe like one creative project a week instead of like a day because Mm -hmm. I also think about like I love like knitting and embroidery now too which oh yeah is super fun but it takes forever 
So mm-hmm. it can feel like you're just like wasting time or like you're not like getting enough like to the end, you know, that end point of something, which is like right. not the point. Right. So like just saying like, I'm going to do this project for a week and then I'm also going to like give myself this like fun thing, even though that's not saying that like that's not even like that it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But like balancing like a creative thing but like okay i'm also gonna prioritize like this self-care thing because i can definitely get swept away we're all like totally like just knit 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 and then just forget about everything else and it's like i haven't gotten up in hours like i've been needing to pee for like two hours i haven't (laughs) eaten (laughs) like (laughs) so i think like having like a little bit of like the balance with that is always good i'm like speaking to myself really this is who needs to hear this Um, oh no for sure yeah no it's it's been really strange for me just because like with the self-quarantining, I mean, I'm a farmer, so my life feels like it hasn't changed a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and with like getting things ready, you know, for spring planting and everything, I still like, I feel just as busy as I always am, which is like pretty, pretty darn busy. Um, but then I also like find myself getting caught up in seeing friends posting about you know, kind of like what new skill they're working on or like, you know, reading a book or things like that. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to do that too. And I'm like, girl, you don't have time for that. Like get back to work and plant something. You know. <laughs> but it's also like, how boring is it to read a book like all day? I find it like, it's not like boring, but I find myself like when I do that, I'm like thinking about like, Oh, it'd be fun to like, if I had something else to do. Yeah, but like week, I'll just go back two. to reading my book. Yeah, like I find like even though I see that and I'm like, oh, that would be fun. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you can still like read at night before you go to bed. Right. Exactly. Oh, I do. Every <laughs> night. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just like need twelve down. hours of uninterrupted reading, please. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> okay. Okay, back to the tea. We we got off on a tangent here. This is what happens when Anna and I talk because our brains were just like, let's talk. We have so many things in common that we want to talk about. So we're just going to loop through all of them. So bear with us, y'all. Okay, so the rest of that tea then. So balancing out like flavors. You put those little red berries too. Those are Shizandra berries. Those were so good. I love them. I'm, yeah, they're so good. I like that they looked poisonous. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, and they really, I felt like they really fit for autumn as well, just with like color wise, because they're that dark, like red purple. And then I also put in, so thinking about strength and so like herbs that are sort of like uplifting for the heart. So I put in lemon balm and then also elderflower. And then a little bit of elderberry. So there was some shizandra berry and some elderberry in there. So what does elderberry do? Did we already talk about this? 
No, we haven't. Um, so elderberries are really kind of, it's gotten really kind of well-known lately as an immune support herb. So everyone has sort of like jumped onto like the elderberry syrup bandwagon, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's really great for that. But then elderflower, the energetics of that it's used for like great, like fevers and stuff. It's used a lot, um, in liqueurs. So if you've ever had St. Germain, Mm. that's an elderflower flavored liqueur. I love it. It's one of my favorite like flavors on the planet, but elderflower is also a mood lifter as well. And lemon balm also does that as well. So I just felt like those worked really well for strength um, at an emotional level for heart support, basically. Oh, my God. I love that. You hit it right on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that blend. You know what else tasted like really good and like kind of similar in a different way? Mm -hmm. The seer card, which is also interesting because they're a part of the same deck. Yeah. Did I do that one for you? Yeah, I bought it. You didn't do it for me, but I saw it on your Instagram and I was like, I need that. Right. Okay. Yeah, I did. And it had cinnamon, which I feel like kind of like it was very like warming. Mm hmm. I remember that one. Yeah, I'm trying to find it in my notebook because I keep all of these. My my ultimate dream goal Anna is that eventually I'll have gone through like all of the cards in the major arcana and then I will go back and I want to make this like massive sampler pack where you can get and then you can pull a card and then have that cup of tea right wouldn't that be so yes that is my dream also to have that (laughs) all right well I need to get back on making these again which a friend has recently uh, reached out to me and we did a bunch of teas for her and we did that's where the empress came from so my friend sydney i did the empress card for her and temperance and then now we're also working on the magician which i think is gonna be really Ooh, good when it's i done. need a hanged man one i think i've done that i've done that one so the what same did you person, put in that yeah so the same person that ordered the seer we also did the hanged man which one do you want to talk about first? <laughs> um, the hanged man. Okay, so the hanged man had calendula, oat straw, chamomile, plantain, passion flower, a little bit of that shizandra berry again, and then hibiscus. Ooh, why the <laughs> plantain? So it's <laughs> <laughs> so random, right? So, so plantain, okay, this is going to sound like kind of off the wall. Um, So with the hanged man, that card is about stillness, right? So you're just like hanging out basically. Totally. Um, And and so it's like, you know. Preparing to die. (laughs) Right. Like, so it's right next to the death card. So it's like that moment, like before transition, it's for hanging out, looking around, maybe checking in. And so this is so random. I love that this is like the herb out of that list that you like honed in on because I'm going to sound. Is it because they hang off a tree? No, (laughs) 
it's going to be even sillier. So I started thinking about like how, when you're hanging or when you're trying to not move, like what always happens when you're trying to not move? Like you fall, you get an itch, right? Oh yeah. I was thinking about like balancing on one leg. Oh yeah. That too. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about just like hanging out and especially like outdoors. It's like that when you're trying to find like stillness, like that's when you always like a mosquito will land on you or something. Mm. And so plantains are really common herb that you'll find in your yard. It's also popping up right now too, actually. Um, and so that's one that you can make. Um, it's also very sexy because we call this a spit poultice and herbalism. So you can basically like chew up plant a plantain leaf in your mouth and then take it back out and put it like on like a bug bite. Oh. And it, it will like soothe the bug bite. So I was sort of thinking of like plantain in this tea as being something that would sort of soothe like the irritation of like having to hold still. Oh my God. I love that. That is brilliant. Okay. Is it a plantain, oh like a banana? No. So totally different. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I also wondered this when I first started getting into herbalism because I would see recipes of like plantain and I'm like, cool. I love that. You know, um, it plantain is just like a low growing, it looks like almost like grass, but just with like a wider blade. And so uh, if you Google it, there are a couple like different types that are like pretty common uh, to most of our like bioregions and stuff. So it just, you know, it just, it's a really common thing that you'll find like in your yard, like it grows all over our driveway here, all through our yard. So it's really easy to find. And so it's just good to know, like, if you know how to identify it, then if you're out wandering around, you get like an ant bite or a bee sting or something, you can literally just take some of that, chew it up and get it mushy in your mouth and put it on there. And it will be like soothing and calming uh, for that irritation. It's like kind of sticky-ish almost. Like if you rubbed your finger on it, it would cut you. No, not really. Um, I mean, it's not like soft and fuzzy. Um, it just feels like a blade of grass, like, but it's wider. Okay. So it can be like half an inch to an inch wide, like each part of it. Um, and it comes out in like a little, a little like rosette. And so it kind of like grows, or at least the type we have in our yard grows out and kind of like curls back in on itself. But it's everywhere. It's super common. Hmm. So, yeah, I love so yeah, that. I okay, thinking, what else is in it? Okay, so we had calendula, which that to me was sort of just because it's like next to the death card in terms of the order. Um, that to me felt like really resonant. What um, is that oh, herb? So that's a really beautiful flower. It's similar to marigold, um, which is often associated with the death card. And so I was kind of thinking of that as like, okay, similar, oh. but not quite. Um, also had some other sort of just like calming, uh, calming herbs in this mix. So the oat straw and the chamomile are, and the passion flower, they're like very calming passion flower and chamomile, especially you'll see those in, you know, nighttime teas to help with like sleeping a lot. The shizandra berry is a very balancing 
herb. And so I was thinking kind of what you were saying about the whole like one leg, like falling over thing. Mm-hmm. And then the last was like hibiscus just for like some flavor as well as like some color in the tea. I love hibiscus. Um, it's good for your blood pressure too. You too. It's so good. It's such a great plant. It's one of my favorites. What what do you use when you're using the hibiscus? Like the leaves? It's the it's the actual like flower of the plant. So it's dried. So you dry it. Um, and so it's you can actually eat it too. It's actually like a food um that that you can cook and and eat as well. It's really good. I love it. Mm, I love that. Okay, I want to talk about the Empress tea that you made that looked so beautiful. Oh, I had so much fun with that. So the Empress is very floral. I feel like that kind of goes without saying. So I kind of went through everything I had for flowers and stuff that I'd collected from the farm. And I just like... (laughs) I went a little nuts. I just pulled out like every flower I possibly had. Love that. Um, and so the flowers I had were uh, calendula, elderflower, hibiscus, yarrow, mullein, rose, and lavender buds. Uh, I love rose. Me too. It's so good. And then I also added two other herbs as a base for it. Um, Damiana, which is associated sometimes uh, folks use it sometimes for like female libido it's also used for um, like dream work as well I think I put that in your dream tea actually Ooh. and then motherwort for the empress as being sort of like the mother of the of the deck and then I also added um, what does that herb do so motherwort's really amazing heart medicine Ooh. so it's it's the mommy it's the like energetically or like physically uh really energetically for sure um so like I think of this as when you're just having like a super tough time um this is like good heart medicine basically for me is is what I think of that as but it actually is used it's physically for the heart also so there's um, heart conditions and like irregular heartbeats and things that it's been used for at points. Um, and it's also sometimes used with uh, hyperthyroidism. So like overactive thyroid um, it's uh, heart symptoms related to like anxiety and then also sometimes used in work for like uh, menstrual issues um, for, you know, people who menstruate. Wow. What would you do for the death card? Because you brought up Marigold, which I found so interesting. Yeah. So I have, so the interesting thing is I've done a lot of these cards. Oh, I'm sorry. The last thing I put in the Empress was dried peaches. Ooh, I love that. Fruit flavor. So juicy. Yeah. Oh, no, it's so good. I really like it. I love getting to, like, try these out, you know, as well. Yes. Um. So I actually did do a, a death card already for some, or a death tea for someone. Um, it was someone that reached out to me specifically asking for, for a death card tea because they were going through, like, a transitional time as well as the end of a relationship. So kind of like a double whammy 
um, for things that the death card could, you know, relate to. So I pulled a mi- pulled together like a mix of herbs for the heart, which some of these we've already touched on a little bit. So like hawthorn berry and linden. And then also um, I brought some rose back into it. Oh, yes. uh, ro- yeah. Rosemary and, and also Ooh, rose yes. hips. So really just like hitting like all my roses, some lavender. And then um, the other big one that, so Linden was like the main component for that tea for me. I also pulled in red raspberry leaf, um, which I really like because it feels very magical to me. So like the underside of that has this like silvery uh, color to it. Um, I've actually had people like get teas and like message me and be like, Hey, like they're like super apologetic. And they're like, is this moldy? Yes. Did that happen with us? No, I was just, I would assume. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that happens. It's happened like a couple different times and I'm always like, I promise you, like I did not send you moldy tea. (laughs) This is all fresh. Yeah. Here's, here's a picture of other people's like red raspberry leaf online. You can find a picture of it. It's just the underside of the leaf has this like white and silvery kind of coloring to it. Um, But I love it because to me, it's just like, it's all about like change and like that silver color, like kind of reminds me of like, you know, quicksilver. So like alchemical change. Um. Yeah. And so that with the linden and the hawthorn, that was like really like the base for that tea. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm about halfway through the major arcana now. And like, I really just like, I want to get through all of it. So What's maybe been I'll... your favorite? Ooh, you know, what's funny is because I don't, I'm not like a super flowery person, but I think the Empress tea has been my favorite so far. It looks so gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. I love it so much. Um, Cause I'm always like, you know, tasting stuff and tweaking it. I also really liked. Um, what color does the water end up being like pink? It, it ends up being um, kind of a reddish, reddish, orangish, pinkish um, because of like the hibiscus and, and the other flowers kind of balancing it out. So it's like, in terms of taste, there's a little bit of the hibiscus, which has like sort of that sweet sourness to it. But then all of the other flowers are like in there as well, like the notes of that. And so it's like, it's like, it starts with the hibiscus and then you sort of can taste everything else. Like, I mean, I'm still able to like pick out like other floral flavors, like from it. It's like, it's really interesting. Um, Have you done the fool yet? I haven't. We have not done that. I did that emperor for you. That was fun. I loved the pine. An emperor year. Yeah. So that to me, I just was really like, oh, I really want some, some tree medicine in this. It feels like medicine. Yeah. That one was like, I tried it and then I was like, oh, I'm not sure if Anna's going to like this because it was so light in color that I'm always like worried that people are like, it doesn't look, it just looks like water. Um, <laughs> I think that's why people no, but throw it's hibiscus. so flavorful though. Well, yeah. Cause we did. So like it had orange, right? For that, Yeah. So like the flavor profile for that was the orange, rosemary, ginger, and then cardamom seeds. Yeah. It's delicious. I am so glad. Yeah. I really like that one. I think 
it's funny. I think the emperor and the empress are the two that are like my favorites so far that I've made. In the emperor tea, like we did it, we used it, me and my sister used it for our year ahead spread ritual. Oh, fun. So like we steeped it and then we poured some for our ancestors and then we drank some and it was so like... I love that. It was so magical and it came on like the perfect day. Like Aww. on a Sunday from the postal service, which like never happens. And like, I don't know. It was just like full of magic. I loved it. I love it. And was this the same sister that you had me? You had me do yes. a, a tower. Yeah, the tower by the sea. Yeah, because yeah, you were like tower, but with lighthouse vibes. Yes, for like the cancer themes. Mm-hmm. which yeah, I love so. and that tasted so good I made her share some with me it <laughs> felt like what did you put in that it was like it felt like nostalgic that had calendula um holy basil or tulsi nettles yarrow a little bit of hibiscus a little bit of hawthorn and then cinnamon the cinnamon I feel like cinnamon is so powerful it really is. And I wanted that because you wanted those, the water, like lighthouse, you know, aspect that you asked for. Um, because I love cinnamon as you can do a cold infusion of it. It's kind of like violet it, where I was saying like mucilaginous herbs, like cinnamon's another one that like I love to extract that way. And so I was just thinking about like the cold, you know, like the cold sea, like up against the tower. Yes. Um, and also just like the tower card and so many decks, you know, has like a fire element. So I was like, all right, so cinnamon, like a little bit of spice, a little bit of fire here. Um, yeah, because I love like the duality of like cinnamon being like a fiery, like, you know, it can be, you know, warming in some contexts, but then also like using it as like a cold, like mucilaginous infusion. So it's like it has both in it. Well, would you do for temperance? Have you done that yet? I have done that. Ooh, tell me. So for that one, my friend Sydney, so we talked about balancing a mix of like, of root herbs as well as aerial parts um, for like, yeah. So for like that balance and then also trying to balance like energetic herbs, but also relaxing herbs, cooling herbs and warming herbs. So we kind of went all over with it. So some of the warming things were like cinnamon and ginger, um, holy basil, but then we did some like roots. So we had some ashwagandha, some burdock root, um, some good fortification from ginger or sorry, not ginger from nettles and oat straw. And then uh, she really likes like working dried fruits and stuff into tea, which I also love. So we did dried pear in that one. Ooh, that sounds so perfect. Yeah, it's really interesting. That one's also like it's got like a little bit of like spice from the cinnamon and ginger, but then it's but it's not like overwhelming. It's it's really light and enjoyable. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm really. <laughs> the more we you're like which one's your favorite, and the more I talk about each one, I'm like, but I really maybe that one was my favorite. I'm not sure. <laughs> What else have you, have you done any in the third line? Um, that's, that's really funny. Um, no, I don't know that I have. Oh my God, we have to. Like so the yeah, devil. I figured, 
The, ooh, the star would be a great tea. Oh, wait. I have done the star. That's I think that's the only one from the third line that I've done. I really thought people would be all about, like, the world and the sun and, like, the super, like... Happy cards? Upbeat card. <laughs> I yeah, feel like I the world is not a happy card, though. <laughs> I So I like the world just because it's about, like it's about the turning of the wheel you know it's like enjoy this moment and then here comes the next one and here comes the next one you know like to me you're like good with endings though I'm good with endings because they mean something else is beginning I feel like I like stop things right before the end Mm. and then I just like jump to the next thing without (laughs) like fully completing it Gotcha. In order to like avoid it, which I feel like I should get a little bit better on. I'm working on it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's really which funny. is funny because I'm also like so Saturnian. Hmm. That is really funny. Is yeah. I, for the world, for me, I don't know. Like, I guess here, the best way I can explain it is like when I first, you know, when I was like much younger, started learning about Buddhism, and then learned about like reincarnation. Um. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'm down with the idea of like reincarnation and like getting to come back and like do things again or whatever. But I wasn't into like the end goal, which is like, and eventually you perfect it. So then you stop reincarnating and you just go to, you know, Nirvana, Samsara, like whatever you want to call it. And then you're like, you're done. You've achieved it. And I was like, no, I just want to keep doing this. This, this life thing is cool. Yeah. I got desires, baby. Yeah, I was like, let's, I was like, I want to keep evolving, but I don't want to like stop. Like there's no like pinnacle. I was like, I just want to keep doing this. I feel like Um, it would be such a good tea based on the pagan other worlds card. Have you seen that where she has like butterfly wings? Oh, no, that sounds amazing. And it's very like earthy, but like airy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so the star that I did for someone was actually from the Starman tarot, which is like the David Bowie inspired. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So I was trying to think about things that were sort of like other worldly for like herbs and stuff. Alien. Um, But then also like hopeful. So the big, um, so I think the big standout for this was like star anise. I, I felt Ooh. I was like, okay, well that obviously like has to go obviously. in there. Obviously, yeah. Did and you then, put like the whole star? Well, I put them. So I I have I had them that way, but then I put them through like my mortar and pestle um, uh. to get them small enough to like put through the rest of the tea. Um, just because that can be such a strong flavor, so I didn't want to like, completely <laughs> overwhelm it. That's fair. Um, yeah, it was. Some people are like really like. Pro, everyone's very like either anti or pro licorice. So mm, true. Um, yeah, so I was like, well, let's see. You know, so we were talking about like herbs for hope. So like the holy basil. Um, again, with like a trio for hopefulness for me is always like rose, rose hips, and lavender. Um, so just like sprinkles of those, because those can also kind of like duke it out flavor wise. Um, but the main base for this was nettle and holy basil. Um, so those to me just felt like 
looking at the card and thinking about just sort of like otherworldliness and like plants that can like transport you or also just like from like the constitutional like mineral makeup of those that I was like these feel like connected to outer space for me a little bit and I was like yeah I was like this works um so yeah that one was a fun one to put together because I hadn't actually ever seen that tarot deck before so getting to like research that and I'm always just like yeah just send me a picture of the card that you know you want me to you know work off of so that was super fun have you done the chariot or the lovers no, and I figured the lovers would be like one of the first ones people would go for, and no one has asked me to do it. What would you think of as the lovers? Would you be like calling in for love or like calling in like self-love or just like focusing on the heart? I feel like you could go so many different directions with that. And like I feel like, you know, I always kind of work with people if they're the first one to ask me to like do a specific card, then I'm like, well, we get to sort of co-create this together. You I know, love so that. They, yeah, if they had like a particular direction, I would be down for it. But I think if I was just going to make it on my own, I think I would want to not use roses mm-hmm. just because too I feel cliche. like it's, it's too cliche. I think I'd want to go almost maybe like, chocolate so like cacao nib maybe Ooh. um and then maybe like some almond pieces that, like, i was might just not... thinking nuts right so like that might not have a huge like flavor impact like it would probably be pretty subtle but sometimes i feel like you have to throw stuff in that tea even if it's not going to impact the flavor i think just having it there makes a difference because it feels very rich yeah and so i was thinking more about just like roses to me are like that early like infatuation and so I think if I was going to do the lover's card I would want it to more embody like what does lasting love like taste Ooh, like yeah you know, like that good stable love oh my god yes so much yes yeah so to me like some chocolate and, and almond coconut. maybe yeah oh you're getting a little tropical Trop- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like love is a coconut. (laughs) I love it. Um, So so I feel like you could go a lot of different directions with that. What line have you done the most of? Like one, two, or three? We know you've done three the least. Yeah, three is definitely the least. I think the second line has has been the the most. I should break it down because I really do want to like finish this project at some point. So I really should just make like a graphic to show people like here are the ones I've done. Like please message me so I can like do the rest of them. Have you done any minor arcana? I have not yet. No, so far just the major. I mean, I'm open to it, but I also I really just want to finish the majors first, I think. <laughs> before I delve into because oh my gosh Anna that's so many cards that is I was thinking like 78 wow that's so many teas I I was thinking I want to do the majors and then also I was thinking you know because the ace um, of wands the aces maybe but then I was also thinking about like zodiac signs (gasps) oh my god yes so I think because like basically if I finish the majors then I would already have those done because different zodiac signs are associated with different uh tarot cards also planets yeah so i'm like oh i could have like zodiac tea or planet tea because i know 
even though tarot is such a big part of my life, I know not everyone is into that. So, you know, if you could still be like, well, my friend's not into tarot, but she's a Virgo. So like, give me that tea, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh my God. What would you do for a Capricorn tea? I guess that would be like the devil too. (laughs) (laughs) Licorice for sure. Right. Yeah. So haven't done the devil yet. So, I mean, so cayenne for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go right for the cliche and put some, some straight fire in there. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I'm also thinking about just like Capricorn as like the seagoat. And so I'm thinking about mm. maybe some of the stuff that we put into the tower and lighthouse tea for your sister, just because of mm-hmm. that like ocean sea connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want the death tea now. That sounded so good. <laughs> I, <But> I, <laughs> yeah. I really need to get these all listed on, on the website too. Um, yeah. As I talk about these and I'm like, oh, I really just want to like photograph all of these and just make them all pretty. And yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel so like good. I inspired something so beautiful and the world is so much better for it. I, I hope so, but you definitely inspired it. Like, oh my god, I love I love it. I got um do you know Jubilee? She makes like mugs. She's on Instagram, um <laughs> Cedar and uh, I'll say it in the show notes. Okay, yeah, no, I don't think I do. But I got her to make me a mug. So I have like (gasps) this amazing mug and then I have like my tarot tea in it. And I just feel like Uh, it's this beautiful like community of support in a little cup. That is so perfect. I love it. I know. Okay, so does your cup, so we made that first tarot tea from the Woodward. Does your cup look like the cup from that card? Well, the cup. I'm like looking at it. The cup <laughs> in the card just is like a little, it looks like a little bowl. Yeah. And but, you're like, I need more tea than that. Yeah. Like my, <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think about that. But um, it like looks like a flower almost. And then mm-hmm. she made these lotuses that are oh. like. It almost looks like an ink drawing of lotuses on the side that were inspired by like her grandmother's artwork that I started doing like a series on. And it was like this really cool, weird, mystical collaboration. I love that. That is gorgeous. I know. So I'm obsessed. But it does have the colors because it's like red and black Mm -hmm. and white whitish oh gosh that's so perfect i know i feel like having like a good handmade mug is Mm -hmm. like so important yes for sure and there are so many great makers out there there are support your local ceramist is that how you say that ceramist no (laughs) (laughs) potter your local local potter potter. (laughs) ceramicist ceramicist yes ceramicist Uh, I don't know um yeah I know that's that's okay so how do you use tarot with your client 
consultations with just your herbalism in general? Okay. So yeah, so I do herbal consults and when people, so again, like I know not everyone is into that and that's fine. Um, so when you go to like sign up for a consultation, there's like a really short intake form and there's an option for like, are you interested in using tarot as part of your consult? Um, there's yes, no. And then like, uh, maybe tell me more just in case people are sort of like, uh, a yes, no, means. maybe so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, and so basically, and so I always tell people like at the start, I'm like, this is not me using tarot to predict something about your health. Like there's no card that I pull. That means you have appendicitis and you should get off this call and go to the hospital. Um, so basically it's more of like a conversation starter. So the funny thing about herbal consults is there's no such thing as TMI. Like we're going to get down into like every part of your life, like down to literally asking how many times a day do you have bowel movements? And please oh, I was just thinking about that. that. Like we have to talk about poop and the consistency and, yeah. <laughs> and the frequency. You know, it's a thing. And so it's like, you know, when you're meeting with someone, especially for like that first consult and it's like, this is going to take probably about an hour, maybe a little bit longer. And we're just going to talk about you the entire time. And I know for some people, like, I feel like our society has like really made it uncomfortable for us to like focus on ourselves, especially, um, those of us that are like femme or female. Um, it's like awkward for us to like, just talk about ourselves nonstop for like 75 minutes. And so I find like having the cards sort of like between us, it's like a different focal point rather than like the two of us, like locking eyes and me being like, now tell me about your poop. (laughs) (laughs) So I normally do just like a four card reading um, at the start. And so the, the four cards are head, heart, body, and advice. And then I just sort of say, so here's why I pulled for each of these here, you know, we go through card by card, you know, here's how I think this could maybe apply um, because they've also told me in their intake form, just very briefly, like what their goals are, like what their main thing they're hoping to get from an herbal consult is in terms of like health benefit or whatever. And so then I, I talk about like here, you know, here's how I think this maybe connects back to your goals. And then I say, and tell me how right or wrong I am. And it just gives them like an opportunity to really like riff off of that and say like, oh, maybe, maybe that relates to this thing in my life. And I find it opens up like really interesting avenues in our conversation. And we go places that they probably never would have thought to have brought up or to, or to tell me. But like those details are often like the things that we're able to, you know, connect to like the rest of like their life and health story. Um, to figure out like underlying causes and like things we need to be working on and looking at. And so tarot's just been this like really interesting door for us to sort of like sneak around behind like what maybe we think the main issue is and actually like get a lot, you know, a lot deeper into like the root causes of like what's going on for people. I love that. It's like you always have to go to the root. Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, and that's what I love about herbalism too, is that, you know, we're really looking at like holistic health and this isn't about just like addressing, you know, symptoms. This is about figuring out like, well, why are these things happening in the first place? 
And like, is this like a lifestyle thing? You know, what, what could we change or tweak so that this wasn't even, you know, an issue like, um, you know, okay. If you're having, (laughs) you know, if you're having like migraines every day or just stress headaches or, or whatever might be happening, sure. We could just like, look at like the symptoms and like how that's impacting your life and, and, yes, we want you to stop having headaches. But like at the same time, while we're doing that, like, why don't we look at what else is happening? Like what's causing the headache in the first place? Is it a nutrient deficiency? Is it a sleep deficit? Is it that your life is just like super ridiculously like stressful? And so it doesn't matter what herbs we throw at it until we change that. Like nothing else is really going to move either. You know, it can be so many different things. And so if we only focus on, the headache, we're really missing, you know, that's the tip of the iceberg. We're missing so much else from the bigger picture of like who a person actually is. Mm. What do you do for a nutrient deficiency to like support the intestines to like actually absorb nutrients? Oh, so like if you're having a digestive issue to be able to fully absorb Mm -hmm. nutrients. So for that, like, well, to, to really know that in the first place, like that would mean you're probably getting some like testing done through like a traditional medical practitioner to even have that info in the first place. Um, and then we would be looking at like, what is like the root cause of that? Um, so is it just like poor digestion? Is it an issue of like gut biome? So like prebiotics and probiotics, um, is it someone dealing with leaky gut? Is it someone dealing with a lot of like food allergies or like food sensitivities or intolerances? Um, even just something like that. Like, I think there's a lot more detail we would need to like dig down into um, to really like address that. Like I find so many people are having like digestive issues these days. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, we keep circling back to the the poop question, but like it's me. <laughs> that oh, are we doing you right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to know that. Tell me. <laughs> so, I mean, I find so many clients that are telling me that they're, you know, able to have bowel movements every couple of days or once a week or something, and so then oh my they're God, also that's having. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, and it's very painful. And so that causes a lot of like other digestive issues, um, cramping, bloating, pain, food intolerances. I mean, you name it. But like issues everywhere too, because I've been reading up on the endocrine system a lot lately, randomly. Uh And if you don't poop every day, then the toxins get stored in your body and reabsorbed. Right. So like, and there's even not even looking at like toxins and stuff too, but also, um, your body, your liver processes out like excess hormones and those leave your body, you know, through elimination. And so if you're, even if you're eliminating on a, on a pretty regular basis, but maybe you have a sluggish digestive system. So maybe you're having a bowel movement only once every other day or something, there's a possibility then that those excess hormones yes. that your body, your I body think was, that was trying happening to, to me. And I think I was becoming like so estrogen dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're seeing a lot more digestive issues, a lot more hormonal imbalances. And there are, 
you know, tons and tons of different reasons for why we're seeing those. Um, I mean, we could, we could talk for days about that. Yeah, we don't um, need to go on a tangent. I'll just book you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, but that's also like, I think that's a really good point too to make is just that like everyone is different. Everyone's story is different. And even if you and someone else came to me with something that like on paper looked like quote unquote the exact same issue, because the two of you are different, we might go about addressing the, that in two entirely different ways. Um, so we talk about like the energetics of people as well as plants all the time. So like mm. uh, I know earlier we were talking about different plants in your yard and the energetics of those of like, Oh, this is like a cooling uh, or warming herb, but also people have constitutions as well. So like, you know, I'm always asking people like, do you tend to run hot or cold? Is your skin more, wet and oily or more dry are you tense or relaxed and so you know if if anna if you tend to be like cold damp sluggish digestion someone else may also be presenting with similar looking digestive issues but if their body is more on the side of like hot and dry and more like tight and inflamed well we're going to use a totally different set of herbs for each of you right is there anybody that was that's naturally relaxed? <laughs> You're like tense or relaxed. Week. And I was like, hmm? not this week. No. Um, I mean, I think there are people out there. Um, <laughs> I've never I mean, there met are them. that are more relaxant. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think those people exist. They're they're not unicorns. They're not mythical. <laughs> I think of it with people like indica or sativa. Like if you were to smoke weed, like you just see those people who would naturally are just like very low energy, Mm -hmm. which I guess would be like relaxed in a different way. And you just can like tell that they need that like upper. Yeah. Well, and everything can be taken to an extreme, right? So like when you think about people where you're saying about like low energy, so like relaxed so, like, some of the other things that might go with that would be... Oh, depression. Well, if you think about, like, just circling back to, like, digestion, mm. if, you're, if your digestion is too relaxed, mm. um, that can be a problem also, right? Totally. So, you know, we do need... We're always looking for, you know, that teeter-totter, you know, balancing somewhere in the middle... Um, if it's too tight, we're, we're having problems, you know, constipation, straining. If it's too relaxed, then maybe we're not making it to the bathroom at all before we have a problem. So uh, always, balance. Yeah. Always, always looking for some balance, but remembering kind of like we were talking about the world card before that tarot, you know, that journey is never ending. We never are actually balanced. Like we can be balanced for a moment and then something else happens and we keep going and it changes again. Um, so yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. So finding balance, but also knowing it's temporary and always, always, always changing. It's just always something you need to work on. Yeah. Everything's in movement, right? But I feel like it does get easier the more you like learn your body. Cause I feel like some stuff changes, yeah. but like I feel like you mostly stay the same. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. We're we're always changing. We're always learning, hopefully. <laughs> but yes. I think, you know, for most of us, as we change and evolve to the outside view, it's going to be sometimes imperceptible because, you know, you can only change so much overnight and have it actually stick. So it's an evolution. I think of it sort of as like, a spiral, you know, you're slowly spiraling outward, hopefully. Um, but if you pull back from that, it still looks like the same shape. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. I know what Anna's art is going to have in it this week. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so... Let's talk about quarantine foods because we know everybody is at home and they have like their five ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we make? Okay. Well, so everyone has whatever they have. Um, and so I can't peek into all of your, <laughs> your cupboards, cupboards here, unfortunately. Um, I do want to have like just somehow have one of those like talk show style things where like, you know, like stump the chef kind of deal. We're like, tell me what's in your pantry and I'll tell you what to cook. It's like um, chopped. <laughs> it would be super fun. <laughs> We're like pandemic edition. Oh, yes. So I am thinking, so for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm really excited that this is happening. Not that this is happening, but that. <laughs> But that it's not happening in the middle of winter, that it's happening in like spring at the start of like gardening season is getting going. There's all that stuff we just talked about to go like forage outside. And so I'm basically like, if I have like rice and beans, I can go get like greens from outside and I have a spice cabinet. So like I can change up my flavors and it's going to be all right, you know? Mm. Um, so I think step one, if, you know, since we're all kind of operating with like maybe limited food is just like, make sure you're going through your pantry and assessing, um, anything fresh, like anything that might potentially, you know, go bad or spoil, like make sure you're using that, you know, while you have it. So it doesn't go to waste. Um, also like a lot of fruits and vegetables, if they are starting to turn. So if you like bought, you know, bananas and now they're starting to go bad, like peel them and freeze them so that you still have them available to you. And that's great advice. Thanks. Yeah. I just, I see people like kind of freaking out, like, what do I do? Like, I, I don't know. I definitely saw people at the store, like panic buying amounts of produce that I'm like, yeah, not fresh gonna, produce. Not that. I was yeah. joking with my sister. She like showed me her, <laughs> food stash she was like I bought so much and it was like this glorious refrigerator full of like every single vegetable and I was like dear god please freeze all of that yeah it's like well do you normally eat that way because otherwise like you just bought stuff that other people may have actually used so like please stop doing that um yeah it's just it's wild out there y'all um I would say right now the best thing you can do is to get really familiar with your spice cabinet. So most of us have like little random containers of spices and we probably haven't touched them in like all of them, at least in like three years. So 
this is a really good time to like inventory what you have and figure out some cool stuff to do with it. So what's your favorite spice? Oh my gosh. Anna. I love cumin. How can you ask me my favorite spice? (laughs) My husband says I put an aggressive amount of cumin and everything. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I love cumin as well. I think, I mean, not to be lame, but like garlic is always oh, going to be yes. my number one. Totally. So, I mean, if a recipe calls for two cloves, you have to put a whole head in. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. So much garlic. I'm just like, I have fresh garlic. I have garlic powder. It can all go in there at the same time. It's, yeah. I love shallots. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like they're so the lovely. unsung hero in the onion family. Yeah, I know they're delicious. And, you know, there are spring onions out in the yard, just turning it back to foraging for a second. So like, go get some of those. And Where do you find those? How do you know? Everywhere. They're just like growing up in the grass. They look like little chives, just like sticking up out of the ground all over. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of stuff or just like wild garlic and stuff. Just go. Wild garlic. What does that look like? pretty much the exact same so like it's super easy to id like i'm gonna be like pulling up my whole lawn (laughs) yes i would love that like if nothing else i hope that this gets well i mean i hope this like revolutionizes our healthcare system but i hope it will get people you know maybe gardening and like foraging and and stuff like that totally Um, so yeah, so going back to my spice cabinet, I'm like you. I love cumin. I love I love ground coriander as well. I love that. Mm. I love those together. Um, I also love sage and oregano. Oh yeah, I love rosemary too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's so good. And so many of these, you know, there's really good just like kitchen cabinet herbalism. So you can do herbal steams with stuff from your spice you know from your spice rack so like oregano thyme rosemary those are all like really amazing that you can do like an herbal steam with so if you're having like so important right now right because it's like a viral infection or like in your lungs yeah or just even if you're just starting you know starting to have like some sinus stuff because of season change and things like that like these are just like really easy things you can do um So if you've never done an herbal steam, you're basically going to like boil a pot of water, bring it over, sit it on, you know, a hot plate, like on your dining room table or a coffee table or something. And then you're going to add just like um, a handful of, of herbs, like any of the herbs we just mentioned, any combination, you can use them either by themselves or together. Um, you can put maybe about like a half a cup of, of dried herb. If you don't have that much, just use what you have. That's okay too. Um, so anywhere from like a quarter cup to a half a cup um, of dried herb in like a big, you know, in a pot of water. And then you'll just take like a bath towel and you'll drape it like over your head. So you're basically making a tent to where you can drape that towel over your head, over the pot. So that the steam is coming up into um, that you're breathing that in into your sinuses, into your your nose, 
obviously like being really careful so that you're not burning burn yourself. Your face. Right. So like, you know, moderate the temperature. If you're setting this up for like any kiddos in your house to do, obviously like test this yourself first, make sure to supervise them and keep them at like the right, you know, distance above the water so they don't injure themselves. Um, and just hang out there for like five, 10, 15 minutes, like however long you can, you can hang. Um, and then that's just going to be like so useful to help, um, you know, dry things out if you're having a lot of like nasal drip um, and discharge right now. So yeah, that's really useful. And, you know, people like are like, oh, well, I don't have, you know, an herb garden or something. If you just have, I don't care if it's been in the back of your spice cabinet for six years, um, it may not be the most potent thing, but you can still use it and you'll get something from it. So it's always worth a shot. I love that idea. I feel like it's so much more productive than going up and taking a shower every five minutes too. (laughs) (laughs) And so much less water. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that too. So that's true. Um, Yeah. I know if I'm feeling cruddy, like a hot shower feels so good. It does. Um, Yeah. And, and that's a good point too, just about the steam. So like, even if you don't have any herbs in your house, you can just do a steam right? with with a towel over your hat or something. If you Um, put like a sprig of rosemary in your shower, will it like steam and become like rosemary steam? A little bit, but I would rather do it as, because you're not trying to get it for your whole body. You're really wanting to like concentrate it. Um, I've seen people hang like eucalyptus and stuff from their shower head and I feel like it looks cool. I have no idea like how much benefit they're getting from that. Like for me, if I was really feeling under the weather, like I want to send those volatile oils like exactly where I want them, you know? Mm. So like I have fresh rosemary, like right outside the door here, um, from the garden that I can go clip. Like if I was feeling under the weather, I would be doing like a steam, like with, with my head under a towel, just trying to concentrate things just like right up into my nasal passages. And you would do rosemary and what else? I would do any of those that we talked about. So like the rosemary, thyme, sage, oregano, any of the herbs, any Italian herbs. Yeah, I know it sounds kind of wild, but yeah, basically any of those are good. Um, If you have lavender, um, lavender can be nice and soothing. So if you're just feeling like really irritated, um, if your nasal passages are feeling irritated, that can be good for that as well. Um, You can throw a little citrus in there if you want to get a little fancy, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. One of my new favorite things is a jade roller. Because it like moves well, yeah. around all the gunk in my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're moving. Um, all so the yeah. Lymph. So our lymphatic system doesn't, you know, our circulatory system has a heart, you know, most of us uh, <laughs> to pump blood. Sorry, bad joke. Um <laughs> But our our lymphatic system doesn't have a pumping mechanism. So it moves when we move. So our muscles, like moving our body, that's what actually causes our lymph to move. But for like our face, it's easy for stuff to sort of get stuck. And so, yeah, I I have a roller as well. And that's, that's really a great idea. So if you are feeling some like nasal sinus congestion and stuff right now, like if you do have a roller... Um, or you can even try just with like 
using like the side of your thumb um, to move stuff around your face as well. If you, you can like look this up and see the patterns of like which direction you're supposed to go with your face. It's sort of hard to describe. Um, Everything is basically up and out. Yeah. So basically like away from the center. Right. So like if you started like at your nose, you would move outward, like towards your cheek going from, you know, side to side that way. Um, So moving like out and down. Um, And I do know you're supposed to do your neck first because that's where like the passage starts. Okay. So then like getting that cleared out. So then everything else you can do can like actually Mm -hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you probably know more about this than I do. That's um, all I know. That's the extent of okay. my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so even if you're at home and you're thinking like, oh, that sounds cool, but I don't have a roller, you can just use the side of your thumb. And it actually, I'm sitting here doing it right now. And like, you can definitely get a nice controlled, you know, bit of pressure. And so you can look up um, like the facial diagrams of like directions to move and, and just do that on your own. It's sometimes helpful to put just like a little bit of either like lotion or moisturizer on your face, just so that you can get a good smooth motion as you're pressing and moving over mm-hmm. your skin. I feel um, like I'm inspired now to do like a face steam of rose petals just ooh. to be like fancy. I think that'd be awesome. Okay. Also, I have a question. So for teas, do you have to dehydrate them or can you make like a fresh tea? Oh, like if you're making this on your own, you can totally use fresh herbs. Um, Like not necessarily for like a face steam, but just for like to drink. Yeah, you can use whatever you have like on hand, like fresh. That's totally fine. Um, You know, the only issue there is like, you know, storage and stuff like that, you know, from, you know, don't throw fresh herbs in a jar and put a lid on it Um, Mm -hmm. because that's how we get, you know, moldy, moldy things. Um, But yeah, if you're just making tea right there on the spot, just like, yeah, go wander around and pick some stuff and put it in your cup. No, that's great. Ooh, I love that idea. Okay. So I just bought some chamomile seeds. Ooh, Okay. So tell me what I should do with them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What kind of chamomile was it? I don't know. Are there more than one kind? Well, two of the more common ones, there's a Roman and a German chamomile. I think it's German. Okay. Um, They're actually pretty similar. So they're pretty simple to start from seed. Um, Chamomile is a seed that actually... Um, it needs light in order to germinate. So you don't want to actually like bury it when you plant it. Mm. So you're going to just like lightly. So you're going to just put your seed on top of your soil or your planting medium and just kind of like press it onto the soil, but you don't want to actually cover it. Um, And then you're going to just, you know, keep it watered, keep it moist Um, You don't want to overwater it, but you don't want to dry out either. And then it's going to take probably about seven, probably one to two weeks for that to germinate most likely. Cool. And then you just like put it in the ground or put it in a pot? Either. So yeah, if you, you can just, yeah, you can plant these 
um, wherever you want them to grow. Are you doing like a container garden or what are you doing this year? Well, we have a bed Okay, that takes like a lot of dirt though. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure if I'm like ready to commit to that. And I That's was okay. kind of thinking maybe just doing like big buckets. Yeah, I think you can totally do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you could just do like a container or, you know, a bucket, whatever you're doing, and just go, you know, across across the top, just kind of pat them down very gently, keep them like evenly watered and moist, make sure they have access to light because these do need light to germinate. Um, and then, yeah, one to two weeks and you should have some little plant babies to look at. So cute. Okay. What's your favorite plant to grow? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (sighs) That's so hard. What were you most excited about this year that you just planted? Okay. So not an herb, but the thing I was really the most excited about was artichokes. I saw you plant those. Yes. So I've never actually grown these before. And, but I just had like, half of a random seed pack and I was like you know what I'm gonna plant them and we'll see what happens um so it's definitely like playing the long game because I won't get any artichokes this year like it takes a full year before you see any any actual like artichokes to harvest how does Um, that happen how are they growing in the winter so I just well I just planted them and so I guess they'll like I said, I've never grown these before. So this is sort of like a mystery to me as well. Um, So I'm guessing they'll sort of like die back through the winter and then they'll come back again, you know, next year, uh, next spring, they'll come back up again and then we'll go from there. I love that. Have you made your own pickles before? Yeah, I have. I haven't done that in a minute, but that's actually pretty easy to do. Um. Tell me more. The big, the big thing with that is just getting, so you want to get cute, like if you're doing like pickled cucumbers, um, you're going to want to use them when they're nice and firm because like the pickling process, they can get a little bit soggier than whatever you started out with. Mm. Um, and I really like my pickles to be like nice and, you know, crisp. Yeah. I like that good crunch. Yes, exactly. Um, And so the other main thing with that is that, so basically you're going to like cut your cucumbers into whatever shape you want them. So like, if you want to just do um, like, you know, like the spears, or if you want to just do like thin, like round slices, like whatever you want to do. And then you're going to just like pack them into your jars. Um, So doing like the spears is kind of nice sometimes because those are like really easy since they like, you know, stand up. Um, So you can do that. And then the next thing is basically you have to have your, um, the liquid. So the brine that you pour over the pickles. Um, and then you can have like different seasonings and stuff. So the brine is basically, um, apple cider vinegar and water and salt, um, is the basis for that, that I put in there. Um, I also like to add garlic cloves and dill as well. Mm, yeah. So that's like, yeah, that's like one of the simplest like pickling recipes out oh my there. God, will you start selling pickles? 
Uh, <laughs> you're like, no, stop. <laughs> no, but only because you're far away and like those would be so heavy for me to mail to you. Mm. Plus they're so easy, Anna. And so if you have a bed, like cucumber is really easy to grow and then you could have your own pickles. I was so close to growing a cucumber and this guy was like, you have to cut off the flowers. And I was like, okay. And they were doing so well. And then I cut off all the flowers and that's the part that grows into a cucumber. He yeah. gave me such bad information. Why did he tell you that? I don't know. He sabotaged my harvest. <laughs> oh my gosh. He is like a cucumber devil. He what? is a cucumber killer. And oh I just, I was, I was thinking about buying them again today. And I just got overwhelmed with grief from <laughs> the last butchering. Oh, my gosh. But I can try again. They were That's very so easy to grow before I chopped all their heads off. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's so wild. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you were so, so close sad. to having pickles. I was. Like, goodness. so close. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. Uh, so this is going to be your year. You're going to make pickles and it's so not hard. It's a great first time like canning project to do. It's so good. Okay. And then you can give us tips on how to not get botulism. So please don't sue me, but it's actually pretty hard to get botulism. Like there are so few cases that actually happen <laughs> like every year. Okay. That's good to know. Um, everyone's so like, I don't have a lot of missions in life, but like, I definitely just want to get everyone to incorporate plants and plant medicine into their life. And also to like, to understand that like all the stuff you do at home and like home canning and processing food is actually like so safe. And everyone is so worried about it all the time. And it's actually really, really safe. And especially things like pickles and stuff like that. Like it's so obvious, like if you have messed something up, like, you'll see mold or it'll smell real bad. Like it's, mm -hmm. you're going to be all right. And, and like pickles, especially because you're doing that, like vinegar brine. Mm, it would like, like kill a, anything. It's a good, well, it's so hard for anything to go bad in vinegar. Like, right. I mean, it's shelf stable. It's, I mean, yeah. So I think that's a great, you know, if you've never done canning before, like that's a great first project to do. Um, though, I mean, you don't even have to can them. Like you can do, they're called, if you look up quick pickles, you can do pickles that you don't actually like process and can. You just make them up with the brine, you put them in the fridge. And I think you can start eating them after like two days or something like that. Ooh, I love that idea. Yeah. So yeah, look up quick pickles and you can find tons of recipes. It's a great it's a great like entrance way to food preservation and canning. So if you do feel nervous about it, like that's an awesome place to start. Um, if canning makes you nervous, the uh, USDA has like really, really, really detailed like online resources um, that you can look up like by your location because like your altitude above sea level, you know, matters for like how long you process, you know, canning jars. Um they have like really detailed and great information on like what does that mean any, how long anything. you process them oh, okay so like when you go to like can something and preserve it to get that seal on the can mm. you put it like in your 
um, either in your pressure canner or your water bath canner. So the processing time is what matters. So like someone at a higher altitude than me is going to need to like leave it in there for a longer time period. Yeah. Got it. Oh my God. I really want to make my own jelly. I just feel like I have this dream of me just like making jelly in the summer. Yeah. With an apron and a wooden spoon. You can do this. I believe in you. Ah, okay. I'm inspired. You can definitely do this. Um, But yeah, so they, the USDA, the site has literally like every possible thing that you could want to can and it will tell you like exactly what to do. What's your favorite thing to can? I just love tomatoes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We use so many tomatoes in our house. So like I'll just do stewed tomatoes or tomato sauce or salsa or tomato paste. Like the possibilities are endless. There's so many and we go through so many tomatoes. Like I have started an entire flat of tomato seeds for plants for this year. And I'm already like giving it some side eye. And I'm like, I don't think that's enough tomato. I love that. I did find some tomato seeds in my house. Oh, good. Yes. Plant them. It's going to (laughs) happen. Do it. Yes, please. So what are your tips with just like, having things grow from seeds like regular old vegetables like anything we need to know or not really it's just like basic put it in dirt um be patient keep your moisture like at an even level so don't be like overwatering and then letting it get super dried out like get a little spray bottle um so that you can just mm. like keep stuff nice and even especially for things like you mentioned the chamomile where where you're not going to bury it because that needs to stay on the surface um a spray bottle is nice because it's not too much pressure on the plants um i think a lot of people when they're starting seeds indoors they get really excited once they get bigger and then they sort of rush um, to get them outside and they don't do enough to get them hardened off Um, And then they run into problems and then they're really sad. So there's this process called hardening off where basically if you're growing seeds indoors, they have this perfect, like very controlled environment where it's the same temperature all the time, um, which obviously like outside, that's not the same. When the sun goes down, it gets cooler. Even if it's not like a freezing temperature, they are experiencing like a temperature cycle. Um, Wind is also another part of that. So um, if you're growing stuff indoors, once it comes up, if you want, you if you have like an oscillating fan, you can like set up a fan in the room that the seeds are in. So that way they get some exposure to like, what would wind be like? Because basically that forces the stems of the plants to basically strengthen themselves so they can actually like withstand a little bit of wind blowing. Um And then when you do get to the point where you want to start moving your seedlings outdoors, you're not going to just like take them outside and be like, cool, you live out here forever now. You're going to do it as like a gradual process, like over time. So maybe the first time uh, you move them outside in the morning for like an hour or two, not during the hottest part of the day. So like not like peak sunlight around noon or whatever, you move them outside. Maybe they just stay out for an hour or two. 
you bring them, you bring them back inside after that and they stay inside the rest of the day, you know, and you just gradually like you extend that period of time each day, you know, a little bit longer every couple of days or whatever until then eventually you're like, okay, if they're still doing well, then you can start staying outside. Okay. These are such good tips. How do you get squirrels to not eat them once they're outside? Well, I feel like if you've just done the work to actually like meet your squirrel neighbors, introduce yourself, let them know that you would rather that they not eat your plants. Okay. I planted. Okay. I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is a funny story. (laughs) I like planted a bunch of seeds once and I was like, I'm just going to like plant the seeds outside. I didn't even like know about like doing it inside yet. (laughs) Yeah. And the squirrels like watched me from the fence the whole day and then oh, yeah. once I went back inside they dug up every single freaking seed and ate it oh my gosh yeah no so I was kidding obviously like your squirrel neighbors might be jerks they are <laughs> little jerks but they're so cute yeah so for that for you then it might be better to plant indoors and let them be little plants first instead of seeds that you know, like the squirrels are like hey what's that um yeah we have this problem we have so many deer that come through our yard so we've Mm -hmm. had to really step up our game in terms of fencing in the garden this year Mm -hmm. because I lost a lot of plants last year to hungry 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 deer do you get a Um, lot of rabbits we have some um but it was really like I mean we have so much stuff so we have we have feral cats we have rabbits we have um I call them the turkey gang because they just kind of like waddle around like they own the place. We have you deer. have actual turkeys. Yeah, I mean, oh they're my not god, mine, no, they, just, they roam around. So, oh my god, that must be so funny. I've never seen a turkey in real life. I don't think. Oh gosh, yeah, no, they're very funny. Um, they look like yeah, they're like little turkey thugs. Um, <laughs> I swear they're like a little gang. I'm like, Why do they all have personalities? It's so funny. They so do though. It's yeah. Um, so yeah, like we've had to step up our game just like with the fencing this year and I'm hoping that that'll be enough to keep them out. Um, for you, if you have, you know, if they're just coming onto like your balcony or whatever, there are things that you can spray to deter uh, squirrels and stuff. Like I think some people... Like different lemon, things for, right? di- for different animals. So like, don't quote me on this. Like definitely check it out and like, look it up. But I think for squirrels, I'm not sure if cayenne would work. So like they'll mix like cayenne uh, pepper in with water and you can like spray your plants with it. It won't mm-hmm. hurt the plants, mm-hmm. but some, you know, if, if it has, if the squirrel has the receptors for that, I can't remember if that's the best deterrent for squirrels. It works for some things, but not for others. Actually, you know what, now I think about it, yes, squirrels don't like hot because, um, you know how squirrels always get into, like, bird feeders and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually make, like, bird seed that's, like, a hot and spicy mix that I've mm. seen, and it's because the spicy, like, birds don't mind it, so they'll still go to your bird feeder, but squirrels don't like it, apparently. Wow. So maybe for your squirrels, you might have to spray your plants with a little bit of spiciness, but it won't hurt your plants. And then, you know, you're, you're going to wash off your veggies and stuff anyway, before you eat them. So it'll be all right. True. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So, okay. I feel like last topic, like Mm -hmm. everybody is so stressed out with the corona. Yeah. What can, what's like one or two things they can do for themselves to like calm their nervous system and like relax? Yeah, I think a mindfulness practice is really important right now. Um, so, so meditation, um, you can do meditation either laying down or seated or standing, or some people find that being still is too agitating for them. So there is such a thing as like walking meditation. Um, there are some, there are so many like really good, you know, apps and stuff. Um, I like insight timer is a free app you can use to meditate and you can set like how long you want to try for. Um, you can start with like two minutes or five minutes and just getting yourself like into a, into whatever position is comfortable for you and just trying to spend a few minutes. Um, don't worry about the whole, like, I'm not supposed to think thoughts thing. Just focus on your breath and just, you know, you can count your breaths or you can just sort of, you know, focus on the in and the out, you know, whatever works for you. Um, some people like to have a focal point to look at, you know, whether that's like a candle or a statue or a plant. Some people like to close their eyes. Again, that's completely up to you and whatever you're comfortable with. But I just think if you can just give yourself a space for a few minutes a day, I think that can be really useful. Um, I think the other like really useful thing is we have this like 24 seven news cycle and it's constant. It is. It's so aggressive. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing is like, there's probably not a ton of new information coming in that actually impacts your existence in a given day. Um, like the, here are the facts. Okay. We're in a, like a pandemic state. Okay. We know what we're supposed to do or not do right now. Like we're all supposed to be like self quarantining, um, watching, you know, being glued to the news, whether that's on your laptop or a TV or an app, however it is that you're receiving that information, getting that constant stream all day long. Like it's not really benefiting you. Um, it's just keeping you in a heightened state of agitation and stress. Um, and so I would really encourage you to, to step away from that if you're at all able to, um, and maybe just like let yourself, you know, decide, you know, maybe I'm going to check in on the news once in the morning and once at night or something like that. Um, and because trust me, if, if anything important happened, like you'll see it, um, it'll be all over, you know, most of us are on social media and people are all like sharing and resharing the same, you know, stuff all the time. Totally. Um, It makes its way to you. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's not like you're going to be oblivious to it. Even if you want it to be, it's going to be in your face at some point. Um, and so, yeah, I would just really, I would encourage you to look, um, 
to, to limit like how much is coming in if that's become like a stress point for you, which I think it is for a lot of people. And I think that's totally understandable. Um, it's really hard to look away from. And that's because one, it's really concerning, but also like, remember that all of these news outlets, all of these websites and apps and stuff, like they are built on wanting you to be engaged with them as much as possible for like, you know, advertising purposes. So, Mm -hmm. so remember that, that like, this isn't set up to benefit you. It is set up to benefit them as a business. Um, so step away, give yourself a breather. Um, I think acknowledging like what is or isn't within our realm of like actual control is really important. And I think that can be really freeing. Um, you know, saying, you know, does this actually impact me? Is this something I need to actually be like worried about in regards to any like specific article and just saying, what can I actually do right now? You know, I can't, you know, for me, like my, my immediate family is not here in this area. They live in another state. So, you know, my brother is a paramedic. He's a first responder. So he is in a much like higher risk uh, job right now in terms of like exposure and stuff. Should I sit around watching the news all day? No, I can't control that. What I can do is shoot him a text every like day or two and just say, Hey, how are you doing? And when he has a spare minute, he will text me and like, let me know. Um, and then I just try to understand, like, I can't control whatever else is happening with that. Um, and so I don't need to worry about it. Um, I'm going to focus on the stuff I can do, which is taking care of myself, taking care of the people in my house, taking care of my baby plants, um, so that I'm going to grow food and medicine so that if people around me need food or medicine, I will have that available for them. That is what I can control right now. Oh my God. I want to be just like you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) AKA right now. (laughs) I love you. I love you. You're so smart. How did you become so wise? I'm it's not. all the plants. The secret. I just fake it really, really well. <laughs> this is all the advice I need to be giving myself more. That's all. Is this is my way of talking myself down when I get worried. It's true. I mean, because we all get caught in it because it is a really big deal. But then mm-hmm. you get like caught in the loop and then you're like spiraling. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. And I think it's really important to like leave room for joy right now, which feels like really weird and strange to say, but like there is no, it's the little things. Yeah. There's so much opportunity for joy. I mean, even just like us being able to talk right now through zoom and like, I've had so many friends like organize, you know, like hangouts and stuff to be like, Hey, let's all get on. And like, play around and talk or do whatever like Saturday I'm doing like a little ritual with a couple friends but we're also just gonna like hang out beforehand because we normally have potlucks together oh that's Um, so cute yeah so like we can't really do a potluck but we're all at least gonna just like eat dinner with each other like on video chat and just like hang out and talk you know and pretend it's quasi normal right now I think that's great advice like, this is not the time to, like, socially distance yourself emotionally. Yeah. Even though you have to physically. 
Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, we might be like physically apart, but we're not alone right now. Ah, oh, yes. I and, love that. And I would also just encourage you, you know, if you, if it's within your ability with like energy and resources, um, you know, not everyone maybe has technology available to them or knows how to use it. So like if you have, you know, especially elderly folks living near you, if you feel comfortable like checking in with them, um, you know, one of my neighbors, like we were friendly before any of this started. So we have each other's phone number. We can like check on each other. But I've also seen just like really cool templates for just like making a postcard to put in someone's mailbox and just say like, hi, like I'm your neighbor. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, so sweet. Yeah. And just being like, hi, here's my contact info. Like if you need help with something, um, you know, maybe like showing your neighbor, like, Hey, like I can go try to get food for you. Or if they live somewhere with a food delivery, um, service, like I know some grocery stores do that, like being like, can I help you with the technology part of it? If you haven't done that before, um, you know, to be able to order groceries or something, um, or whatever they need. So I just think, you know, and don't stress yourself out with it. Just if it's within your energy resources to do that, then, you know, if you feel like, hey, I need to feel like I'm doing something, there's something really cool you can do right there. That is such great advice. Okay, the last, I was that was supposed to be the last thing, but the last, <laughs> the last thing is what is your favorite book and what is your favorite movie? Because I feel like people need like good entertainment options right now. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I don't think I can tell you like a favorite book of all time, but oh, okay. So I love science fiction and, um, this author, her name is Becky Chambers. She, I just read a trilogy of books by her, um, like earlier in the year or like late last year. I can't remember the can't remember when, but like that series was really amazing. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. It was called the Wayfarers series. It was a trilogy of books, but then I just finished a book by her like two days ago. It was really short. It's called to be taught if fortunate. Mm. And it was so beautiful that I literally started crying when it Aww. ended um, and it didn't end in like a bad way. It was just like such beautiful writing, um, just about like what it means to, as like, as humans to want to like explore and what the ethics of exploration are and like what that all means. Um, she's a really amazing writer. Um, she does such a good job of incorporating like a really diverse amount of viewpoints into her books, um, in terms of just uh, queer, trans characters, polyamorous characters. Um, one of the books in the Wayfarers series like really focuses on the ethics of artificial intelligence and like at what point does artificial intelligence, you know, have rights, you know, because it's become so on par with being, you know, sentient. Um, so her books are really amazing. Um, a shout out to like our public libraries who you know, our libraries are closed right now with everything going on, but like we have such an amazing uh, system for like being able to check out, you know, eBooks and stuff yes. like that. So, 
Yeah. I just had so, Sam Waxwing Tarot on the pod and she was talking yeah. about that same thing. Yeah, like it's it's so awesome. It's such like our libraries, like here in town, like our library system is such an amazing resource, like not only for books and stuff, but they also um, in the last couple of years have had all these classes on gardening and they also have a seed library. So if you go Aww. to any of our branches, you can like check out packets of like fruit and veg- or vegetable and herb seeds and flower seeds. Um, yeah, our libraries are like amazing. Like I think librarians are some of like the best heroes, heroes. That we have in our yes. modern day. Okay, my last, last question, because I feel like I ask everybody this. What is your favorite tarot card? Oh, okay. You know what I'm going to say. It's the hermit. Oh, I was thinking the empress because you said the empress tea. No. So, okay. So I just uh, recently, last year, I got the hermit card tattooed on myself. Oh, yeah, the turtle. Yeah, from the wild unknown. Um, I love that picture. I love it, too. So it has part. um, So the artist I worked with, her name is Shannon Wages. She's a local artist here in Nashville. She's so fantastic. Um, We pulled together images from, like, a couple different cards from that deck. So, like, the turtle as the hermit with like the lantern on its shell. And then there's like um, parts of uh, the card for the six of pentacles and also part of wheel of fortune are like worked into that as well. So like, yeah, the hermit's definitely my favorite, my favorite card. Um, So my life card for Tara is actually the Hierophant, but I don't really feel a good connection to that one. Cause it's what you need to learn. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what's your life card the emperor and what an asshole he oh, is right. this year <laughs> right oh because it's this yeah <laughs> on. uh yeah Good i times. think i think of it as like the artist which i like mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm always like i feel like i'm trying to aspire to be like a good leader which yeah. feels very like lofty and not like me at all, but I feel like very like like I have a lot of admiration for that quality in that card. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember when you wrote me about like your emperor year starting. Um mm-hmm. and because I know I wrote on your tea bag, I was like, Emperor Anna. Long may she long may she reign. Long may she reign. (laughs) That made my year. (laughs) It's still gonna be a good year. I still believe that. Like I know everything is so wild right now, but yeah, and there'll be more years too. I'm also like, it's like it's okay if there's bad years because after contraction, there's expansion, people. There always is. I mean, there always is. It just means something good is coming. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. where can everybody find you? Okay, um, so I do have the Tending Seeds podcast, which I need to get a new episode out very shortly with. Um, Love it. You can also find me at foxandelder.com or on Instagram, foxandelder. You can also find me on Patreon as also as Fox and Elder. 
Um, my Patreon is for, I do full moon zines every. Oh my God, we didn't even talk about this. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. Do... It's been like two hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. The longest interview. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, um, it's fine. I'll give you all the quick version. So basically, so like the lowest level, like you can get in at just like $4 a month. Um, and I know that sounds like a lot, but you get something in the mail for me every month um, for the $4. So that gets you, it's like a 20 page zine every month. And it has sort of like my writing about the season and that particular full, like full moon. It has a tarot spread for the full moon. There's like a tea recipe um, at the $6 level. You'll also get like a little bag of that tea with your zine to drink on the full moon. Um, I also do like an herbal profile and then sometimes I'll have something sort of witchy related, like a little like mini article about something. So we've done articles on um, creating and casting like your circle for the year. That was like January, February. We did a thing on like making your own sigils. So just something new, like every month. So kind of it changes every month, like what we're covering. Um, and in the Patreon, I've started letting people like vote on like which herb they want me to profile for the month and things like that. So that's super fun. I love doing it. Also, um, I'm super committed to keeping herbalism accessible to as many people as possible. So my consults are offered on a sliding scale, but then the money that I get through the Patreon for doing the zine actually lets me offer totally free consults to a certain number of people per month that otherwise like couldn't afford them. So like right now with a number of patrons I have, I'm able to do two free consults per month. Um, I think we're getting close to where I can up it to four. So I'm really excited oh, about that. I love so like, that. Yeah. I'm like super committed to that. So I feel like herbalism is supposed to be like the medicine of the people. I want to keep that in people's hands. So trying to keep that like as accessible and affordable as I possibly can. Yay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. I feel like you gave us like so many things to look forward to with spring and so many good tips with the seeds. And you shared so much about the the tarot teas, which you know I'm obsessed with. I feel like we could have gone through like every single one. Well, you were like the kickoff for all of this. So it's I like, promise it's you beauty to my eyes, my well, ears, my eyes r- and my ears me. and my taste buds. So remind me, since you were like the start of like this whole project, once I get all the majors done and I can make those sampler boxes, like, please remind me and hold me to this. One of them is yours on oh me. Oh my God. So I will die. <laughs> but but happy die happy so happy okay. <laughs> oh my god that's so gracious thank you oh, i'm of course. looking thank forward you. to the day it'll be so good oh. um but yeah and i also just want to say like um always feel free new folks follow me on instagram wherever if you ever have gardening questions just shoot me a message over there or shoot me an email like whatever Um, I love helping people like get started walking the plant path. So yay. I can't wait for my pickles. Yes. I can't wait to see pictures of them.
thank you guys so much for listening. Definitely check out Sarah, her podcast, Tending Seeds. Did you know she had a podcast? She does, and it's awesome. Definitely check it out. Check out all of the products she has available at foxandelder.com and follow her on Instagram to stay up to date with all of her cute farming and herbs and amazing potions. And it's all amazing. So check her out on Insta, Fox and Elder. And that's it, guys. If you could rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. And I hope you're doing well. I hope you are being well. And I wish you peace and love and smooches. Mwah. <laughs>